Play fake. Beathard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Don't miss a thing from the world of college football. Stay right here for College Gridiron on WFUV Sports. Just after 4 o'clock Eastern, Friday, December 8th, as we're in studio to record another edition of College Gridiron. I'm Bridge Gotham, joined alongside Merrick Rhodes and Will Jing. Guys, so much to talk about. I was on last week with Will, and we gave all of our picks for conference championship. We gave all of our pick, all of our picks for the college football playoff, and, well, I don't think things played out the way anybody could have predicted the way they played out. Yeah, I think we all got our picks wrong last week and uh you know i'll we'll get to it but remember my dream yeah that we talked about we'll, we'll, we'll get, get we'll get to that 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 was unbelievable that was quite man. insane but i've been i've been looking forward to today since wednesday i've been thinking about it and just being <laughs> like i've been counting down days which I, I don't think i've ever done for a podcast before <laughs> i don't think i've ever had this much to say and love it you know i'm gonna save it for later all right yeah Mary. you know it's it's first time i've been on college gridiron in a while i was on it a lot earlier in the year when we were kind of beginning to talk about what the playoffs could potentially look like and who the Heisman candidates could potentially be but I'm really excited to finally be back on in a time where we know what the playoffs are and we got some really interesting stuff to talk about with the playoffs and we got the bowl games to talk about I mean it's just a really exciting time in college football I'm, I'm also really interested to hear about Will's dream because I, I, I don't I don't quite fully understand what that is but it sounds like it's pretty crazy so I'm looking forward to hearing about it yeah we'll have to get you up to speed on that and I think let's not waste any time let's jump right into it we're going to talk about a couple of the games from last weekend that we previewed last week and then some of the these are the games that kind of had the biggest impact on the college football playoff and we'll start of course and I'll let I'll give will the floor for this Oregon Washington this was a game that had Major implications, of course, Washington was undefeated heading into it. Oregon's only loss was to Washington, so the idea was that the winner of this game would get into the college football playoff, and Oregon had looked like one of the hottest teams in college football. They were a 10-point favorite, and um, they didn't win. So without further ado, I'm just going to have Will Jing kind of give his two cents on how it all played out. So first off, me, you, Bridge, and Evan was here with us last week. Mm -hmm. We all predicted that Oregon would win. And Bridge was actually the only one who said, give Washington a chance. Thank you very Could've much. used me last week. But, and here's where the dream comes in. <laughs> I, I said last week on the episode that the night before, Washington beat Oregon 35-32 in my dream. The final score of that game? Thirty-four to thirty-one. Wow! I mean, oh, I mean wow! That's that's crazy. And you can go back if you think I'm lying. Go back, pull up that last episode, and see if I'm lying. Because I don't know, man. I'm just a prophet at this point, I guess. <laughs> One point off, and I mean, it, it, the game did surprise me though. Like in, in in all seriousness, I mean, Michael Penix Jr. outplayed Bo Nix in my opinion. You know, twenty-seven for thirty-nine, three hundred nineteen yards, and then. Bo Nix with 21 for, 34, 21 for 34, 239 yards. Wasn't a bad game for Bo Nix, but it just wasn't enough. And I think that that's one of a few key factors that led Oregon to not be able to beat Washington in this game. 
call it hindsight bias, call it bias because my roommate's from Seattle, but but I always <laughs> had the dogs in this game. I think I think people were really disrespectful of Washington coming into this game, and I mm. think they're continuing to be disrespectful to them going into the playoff, as we'll talk about a little further on. But I feel like everybody had this game sealed in Oregon's favor, and I I understood to a degree where they were coming from, but but Washington has one of the most high-powered offenses in college football. I know they were ranked number one for a long time in terms of passing offense. I don't know if they currently still are. I haven't checked more recently. But, I, I mean, I think this offense, Michael Penix is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Heisman candidate, I think he's two right now in the odds. But but I think this offense around him at Washington is what makes, him, what makes this team so scary with Romo Dunze, who literally yeah. is going to get you 100 yards every single game. You got Jalen McGlillan. McMillan, excuse me, and you got Dylan Johnson, who's an interesting running back because he he won't necessarily do consistently go for these crazy numbers, but when he has crazy games, they're insane games. Like earlier in the year against USC, when he went for like two fifty and four touchdowns, oh, yeah. and now in the in the Pac-12 championship, going for a hundred and fifty-two yards and two touchdowns with a passing touchdown, might I add? Oh yeah. I mean, it's those kind of guys where like when the when the rest of your offense and and what you're expecting to do and what you're expected to do isn't working when you can have a guy like that step up and and provide three touchdowns four touchdowns in the USC case for your offense that that's what makes you a championship team that was that's what gets you the playoffs and I think when they won I mean that that just stamped their 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 seat in, at the table didn't know they were going to be number two but they're in they are in and I was going to say a lot of the same things you know Will and I were kind of texting about this when the game started Washington jumped out to an early lead and we were like we no, nobody expected 10-0. that. It was ten zero, and then it was twenty to three as the first half came to a close. And then Oregon scored to make it twenty to ten, and then Oregon did mount a comeback. They, they actually did take the lead. It was twenty four twenty going into the fourth quarter. Washington then came back and scored a touchdown of their own, two to be exact. Um, it was thirty four to twenty four. A late touchdown from Oregon made it thirty four thirty one, but that would be the final score. Uh, Merrick, you brought up a lot of great points. Obviously, Penix is, is fantastic as a player, throwing for over 300 yards, gave you all that production. But then Dylan Johnson, I think, was really the X factor in this game. You mentioned he had that passing touchdown, right? You know, they brought out the bag of tricks and then two scores on the ground, 152 or so yards. It's players like that that really do make the difference. And while Oregon certainly, I feel terrible because they, I would argue they're they're one of the top six teams probably right they have the right to be there and we'll get we'll get we'll get to that later like Oregon their only two losses were three-point losses to Washington right and I think that Oregon I feel bad they're playing Liberty in their bowl game they're gonna smoke them I feel like an Oregon Ohio State matchup would have been so much fun or an Oregon Georgia matchup Uh, but we'll get to that later my point is that because Oregon's so great this this win for Washington very meaningful they're undefeated they have the right to get into the college football playoff and they did um, so that's that, and, and we'll kind of get to how Washington fares in their actual college football game in a little bit. I want to get to the game that really decided, that really shook things up, and that would be Georgia-Alabama. Uh, Alabama came into this game, they had that loss to Texas early on in the year, but since then they'd rattled off a bunch of wins, some of them not very pretty. I think there's that screenshot that you see on Twitter. They were tied with South Florida 3-3, three to three, I think, at halftime in, in that game. They did pull away, and they won that game. And then there was the Auburn game, the Iron Bowl, in which it was fourth and goal from their 32, 33-yard line, and they threw up a prayer, and they managed to win the game. But Alabama had a lot of close calls this season, but they made it to the championship game. Obviously an underdog to a Georgia team that hadn't lost in about two years. Their last loss was to Alabama in the SEC championship game, I believe, two years ago. So 
they'd never beaten Alabama in the SEC championship game. A lot of people were saying, okay, maybe Bama's going to win. Alabama gets the best of Georgia, 27-24 the final. Jalen Milrow finally really looking like a, an established quarterback. And guys, for Georgia to fall from 1-6, to six, I mean, definitely uh, quite a big fall. But I think to lose to Alabama the way they did, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? This is another reason why, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, and we'll talk about it more. I feel like mm. four teams is way too little for the playoffs because yeah. I think Georgia is still – does deserve to be in the playoffs, even if it's not as a, you know, as a seed one to four. Right. But I thought this was a great game, and I'm glad that last week we actually made those predictions for, you know, what if Alabama does win? Because obviously it did happen, and we all said it's like what the committee doesn't want, and it's exactly what happened. Um, entering the game, I mentioned this last week, but I feel like people made it such a lopsided story that oh my gosh, Georgia's gonna win, but. Bama has now won the last nine games in Atlanta against Georgia. Bama ended twenty. Uh, Bama just ended obviously Georgia's twenty-nine game win streak, including you know two national titles, obviously. And the interesting thing is the both of the last two times Georgia lost now is to Alabama for the SEC title, who they still have never beaten for the SEC title, which is kind of insane. Crazy I don't stat. know. Yeah. I feel like in the same way that Bama has Georgia's number right now. Washington had had Oregon's number this season. Yeah, and I I feel like it it wasn't something where there was anything that either team did that won or lost in the game. I think it's one of those games that just came down to the wire, and it was just like the same thing with Alabama Auburn. It was just like it comes down to that one throw, and it came down to the last few few, few plays for Alabama Georgia. I mean, Jalen Milrow he only threw thirteen for twenty three with for one hundred ninety two yards. That's not anything crazy. Yeah, but he also has the threat with the legs. Obviously, didn't really do much with the legs in this game, but he always has that threat. He's not really the kill-you-through-the-air type of guy, but coming into this game, I I personally didn't give Alabama as much of a shot as I obviously should have. And I always kind of looked at the Alabama path to the playoff as kind of this, this like, what if? Like, like what if this were to happen? I, I never really saw it as something that would really happen because there was always getting through Georgia, and I always thought, that that was just going to be too difficult, and clearly it's not because this Alabama team has gotten hot at the perfect time in the season. I think that's just really a, a testament to Nick Saban. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have seen the video of them finding out they got the four seed, and they're all just sitting there, yeah, barely business smiling, usual. just clapping, business as usual. But I, I think, I mean, it was 728 days, I believe it was, between Georgia losses, which is just an insane thing Crazy, to say. Right? And it was, it was the SEC championship, and that year. Georgia would go on to beat Alabama in the national championship. So that's like what you said. A lot of people believe that Georgia should still have gotten into this playoff because, I I mean, I think they are one of the top teams in college football. Well, are they one of the top four? Maybe not. We'll get into it probably in a little bit. But I, I was surprised by this game. I won't lie. I really thought Georgia was going to take care of business in this one. But Alabama really shook things up. When, when I saw the way this game was trending and eventually, obviously, the result, I was like, Wow. Tomorrow's about to be a really interesting day, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, and it, Will and I were talking about this last time. Like we were almost rooting for the chaos, so I kind of had that same reaction when I was—I forget where I was watching the game. But I, as right as you sort of saw the final score and the result, you were like, "Oh man!" Like I like I can't wait for tomorrow. Like I have—I'm not a fan of any of these top ten or top whatever teams, right? But I am so excited. I was uh, I was on the Fordham basketball. Uh, 
in studio the next day. And so we were in here about about noon and we had the game on right here in the studio, actually. Not the game, the uh, selection show. And it was exciting. Like me and a bunch of the guys, like none of us had any sort of not no affiliation to any of the teams. And we were like eyes glued to the TV, like because of how exciting it was. Because for the first time, really, since 2014, there's sort of this uncertainty of who's going to get in and who's going to get out. So Alabama cementing their spot in the playoff, as as we found out Sunday. We didn't know when they won what the heck was going to happen. But that's neither here nor there. A uh, couple more games. I'm gonna, I don't think we're going to talk about the Texas game, but I just want to say they blew out Oklahoma State. They looked good. But it was Florida State-Louisville that was really the game that I, I think everyone had their eyes on because obviously Louisville wins, then Florida State was definitely out, and then there was the idea that if Florida State won, they were in. I even remember some people in the stands had these signs they were holding up that said, like, if we win, we're in. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense, right? They'd be undefeated, 13-0. and I know they don't have Jordan Travis, but, right, you're undefeated. Like, surely you'd be in, right? Power 5 conference champ, undefeated. But as we later found out, it, it wasn't enough, and – do you guys think that uh, had Florida State, you know, won this game more convincingly, that that would have made a difference, or do you guys think that the committee just said straight up, "Hey," and I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here because we're going to get to our actual, you know, rankings talk, but do you guys just think they said, "All right, Jordan Travis is gone," like it's not even worth putting them in, like kind of how did how did how did this result kind of fare into their standing? I guess you could. say. I think it definitely played a big factor. I think if you don't think Brock Len is going to come out here and dominate right you, you it's just it's not Louisville's in, still a top 15 team though yeah exactly and that that just still adds a good to the, win adds to the but it also adds to how hard it's going to be for Brock Glenn obviously hmm. and you know he he threw eight for 21 for 55 yards passing I think if you're the committee and you see that I think that kind of seals the deal I think that if if he played a great game because that's the main change, right? The quarterback position. If he played a great game, if Florida State won convincingly the same way Texas did against Oklahoma State, I think they do get in. But they weren't able to do that. You know, neither. Uh, let me just say, neither team was good in this game because Jack Plummer, the Louisville QB, threw 14 for 36 for 111 passing yards. Yeah. Not too much better. I feel like running and defense was really what won Florida State this game. The FSU defense was fantastic, as we saw. Yep. And FSU's running back had 118 yards on 10 carries with a touchdown. So I think those couple of factors were huge. And, you know, that that's what turned the tide for, for FSU to win. But it just I, it, it wasn't going to be enough for them to enter the playoffs. If they had won this in a convincing fashion, they would have most definitely made the college football playoff. And I'm going to say why, because I'm going to take you back to the year 2014, the first year of the college football playoff. The Ohio State Buckeyes are an undefeated team. They're going into their conference championship, but the issue is they're down their starting quarterback. They have no starting quarterback. They're down to their third string quarterback. JT Barrett and Cardell Jones, I believe, both went down. They're down to their third string quarterback. Or it was Braxton Miller. Cardell Jones was the third stringer. Yeah, Yeah, Cardell Jones was the third stringer. But they're down to their third string quarterback. Who wants to see that in the playoffs? They win the Big Ten championship, fifty-nine to nothing, against I think it was Wisconsin. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and they make the playoff because of that convincing win with their third-string quarterback. What does that twenty fourteen Ohio State Buckeyes team go on to do? Win the national championship. Mm-hmm. So I think that I I agree that Florida State's performance was abysmal in this game. I mean, one touchdown in the entire game. I had this game on and I was watching for a while, and then it was hard to it watch. It faded into the background, <laughs> and I was no longer really paying much attention to it. But, I mean, one touchdown is not enough. I, I don't think they realistically did enough, but there is precedent for if they had 
gotten a big win, they they probably would have ended up making it. Yeah, I love the parallels that you drew there to the Ohio State team from 2014 because I, I saw that a lot online, and I was also thinking the same thing. I was saying, well, if this you know this Brock Glenn kid comes in and he does to Louisville what Ohio State did to Wisconsin in 2014, then I think certainly they're in. And that was the argument a lot of people were using. They're like, "Whoa, what? If Ohio State lost their quarterback." And then, but I'm like, "Well, Ohio State took care of business and proved why they should be in." Florida State, you had your opportunity. It wasn't pretty. Look, they still won. They're 13 and 0, but the, obviously the committee didn't see that that it was enough. And I think that kind of brings us to the actual talk, right? I don't know where you guys were watching the selection show, if you were watching it live, but it all came to be, and we had. Michigan was the one, 13-0, conference champ. Washington, the two, 13-0, conference champ. Texas in at the three, right, 12-1, conference champ. And then at the four, Alabama jumped both Georgia because they beat them, and then they jumped Florida State, the other undefeated conference champ. So, I guess, first reactions to, to all of that. I mean, as soon as as soon as uh, Alabama beat Georgia, we were texting, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be the order. And it was the exact order that it ended up coming out in, even though obviously it was a change from the order we had originally predicted on last week's episode. Mm. To me, it's about the best four teams, and the committee got it right. No one said anything about undefeated Power 5 champion, whatever this. That, no one said that that guarantees you a spot in these playoffs. All right, If Michigan lost J.J. McCarthy or Alabama lost Jalen Milrow, We'd be saying the same thing about them. They wouldn't be here. Alabama wouldn't have beat Georgia in the first place. And Michigan, I mean, I don't know who their backup quarterback is, but if they started playing like, you know, half of what they were, like Mm -hmm. Florida State did without Jordan Travis, they're not making the playoffs. You think if Michigan, let's say they lose, they lost McCarthy in the Ohio State game, they still managed to to beat Ohio State, and then they have this Iowa game, and let's say they won in a similar fashion that Florida State beat Louisville. It was an ugly 16-6. You think Michigan's out? I think that's a little. I think that's a little bit of a closer call because Michigan was more dominant throughout their season. They took out Penn State and they still took out Ohio State while losing JJ McCarthy mid-game. Right. That's harder to do than what Florida State did. So that's why I think that's a closer okay. call. All right. I'm not exactly sure. I need some time to think about that. Okay. But right well, now, it's all hypothetical, so it's hard. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I know. Yeah. That 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 would have made the the committee's decision harder. And if then they had dropped Michigan. Then I don't. We might have more of a conversation about is this is this the right decision or not. But right now, the way FSU is like crying and annoying and whining about it on social media and all all these random people typing behind their keyboards like, oh my god, what a travesty, <laughs> or whatever the hell is going on. Listen, cry me a river, okay? This this is these are the top four teams. Listen, if FSU had Jordan Travis, they'd be number three. I have no doubt about that. But you don't have Jordan Travis. So, please, you're not taking down any of these top four teams, let alone Georgia. Okay? Because you should have been below Georgia, to be honest. The only reason why Georgia was number six is because they wanted to have the suspense of seeing, is Alabama or Florida State going to be number four? To keep the eyes glued to the TV, that's why Georgia became number six. Because if we were ranking by truly how much... How much skill these teams had? Dude, FSU would be off of the top six. Ohio State could beat them right now. Oregon could beat them right now. There's other teams that are below these top five, top six teams that could beat them. So please, FSU, stop crying. Get back to the drawing board. Come back next season. Be better and get in next year. I disagree with a lot of statements you made. 
because you just said be better next year. How do you be better than going thirteen and zero, winning your conference? And also yeah. another thing, another thing, you said um, Florida State stop crying. I disagree completely. I think Florida State should cry about this for the remainder of their program's history. Yeah, a lot of these kids will I never have a chance again. They should complain about this for the end of time, especially the players, because yes, Jordan Travis went down, but what about? Jared Verse, who's going to be a first-round pick. What about all the first-round picks on their offense? Keon Coleman. What about all these studs yeah, that missed out yeah. on an opportunity to play in the college football playoff? So while I don't necessarily believe with all my heart that Florida State should have been in, I do believe that these players and these fans and everybody on the Florida State side has a lot to be upset about because you can't do anything more than win 13 games and win your conference. You There's nothing more you can do besides having your quarterback not get hurt. You could but, beat Louisville more convincingly. You could do that. But they won their games. But they won their games. And, I mean, you brought up the competition. Michigan played less ranked opponents than Florida State Yeah, Florida State, State scheduled year. LSU Florida out of conference, State and they beat, beat them. Beat the, the Heisman championship winner First was Texas was week 20. two when they beat Alabama, and Texas that's still, and that's still being used as a reason why they're above Alabama. And that's the other thing is, yes, I think Georgia should also be in, but I think Georgia should be in over Texas. I don't think Texas should be in. I think Texas is being weighed on – a win they got in the third week of the college football season, and they also have a loss to Oklahoma, who ended up being a not like not a good football team this year. Oklahoma was not a good team by the end of this year, and it showed. And that's Texas's loss that supposedly is better than a Georgia loss to Alabama, who is the juggernaut right now because Texas beat Alabama like a couple months ago. So I think, I think the committee. Uh, there's a couple reasons why I think this happened beyond just what we've been talking about with the Jordan Travis injury. That's obvious. I think that this is also an indictment on the ACC as a whole because of the whole realignment. The ACC acted very late and did not seem very pro realignment, mm-hmm. and they acted late. They got Stanford and Cal and SMU, and I think SMU too. Yeah. This is a punishment, I think, by the NCAA as well for the fact that they were not all in on this realignment. I think it's it's just they're they're further pushing towards this eventual like one conference for college football. Yeah. And I think another reason that they were willing to do this this year and and obviously there's going to be hate coming in from from the side of Florida State who who obviously I I I I'm going to go out and say publicly I think they have the proper four teams if you count Florida State. I don't I think Georgia should be in over Texas if I'm being honest. But I I don't think Florida State should be in in honesty, but I do see the stance that they're taking and why they're upset about it because think about what is going to happen obviously I don't think it's going to happen we're going to talk about it but what is going to happen if Florida State were to beat Georgia in their bowl game the NCAA would be in deep water Florida State would be proclaimed national champions they would never they would never stop talking about that but I do think they got I do think they got it right by not having them in, but I think there are all there are other factors that went into it beyond the injury I don't I don't think it's solely that yeah, I'm happy they're playing Georgia in the 5-6 game because that's kind of going to be like a lot of people think Georgia should be in, right? And so I think this is a chance for FSU to prove themselves. I know they can never truly win the college football playoff this year, but if you're going to better that than having a game against a team that's you know out, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think one other point I want to make, and I'm kind of in the middle on your two stances. Like I, I agree with a lot of things. I think the top three teams – uh, Michigan, Washington, I think the top two for sure, like makes complete sense, right? In terms of quality of wins, in terms of you won your conference, whatever. When you get to that three and four spot, it starts to get a little hairy, right? I I, I, I see your point, Merrick, about like the Texas win. It was what, week two, week three? It was early on in the year. 
and was on the road at Tuscaloosa. So yeah, it, so they won by double do- digits there. So I, I I understand why you think, hey, maybe it's less important now later in the season, different teams. But I also think, you know, when we were watching the selection show, the committee they put up all those rules on the screen, and obviously the main one that people focused on was like if a, if a team loses a player, that could be used against them. But another one was that head to head record or head to head competition is also another important factor, and rarely do we have a head to head history between teams that make the college football playoff because they're all in different conferences and it's it's rare right so to have Alabama and Texas have played each other that definitely helped all right here's the point I'm going to make we always talk about best four right um I actually don't think these are the best four it's the four that make the most sense uh definitely the top three make the most sense I still think Florida State should have been in because of what the precedent was but I understand why they were left out and we can see Michigan reacting to getting Bama, they weren't too happy. I think that proves the committee's point that they made the right choice, right? That they putting in Bama was the right choice. But let's be honest here. I think the whole picking the best teams, it, they would have to eliminate some of these conferences from having a bid because I think we can all agree Georgia would be favored on a neutral field against, I think, all of these teams. Yeah, I'm going to say it. They, they were favored against Alabama when they played last week. They'd be favored against Texas on a neutral field. They'd be favored against Washington on a neutral field. And I think they'd be favored against Michigan on a neutral field. So that means I'd say they're one of the best four teams, but they're out. I think Georgia should be in. I think Alabama should be in if we're talking best four. I think it should be Michigan. This is no particular order, by the way. And honestly, I think Washington should be out. But like... But, but again, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense. I, I feel like Whoa. Washington is a team that you can't take out. But I mean, that's, no, that's not. But that's my point. They've beaten Oregon twice. Right. They've beaten Bo Nix in a Heisman. Right, right, right. Twice. But my point is that like the criteria for selecting teams, it's kind of like hypocritical when like yeah. we, we we talk about the resume, but Florida State has that resume too. They I think they, I think they, they were went also, undefeated. I think they were also particularly like like they just kind of were going to go with whatever they were going to go with in the end because yeah. this is the last year of the four team playoff. Like, right, right, right. At the end of the day, like. They don't have to worry about the precedent they're setting sure. this this season. I think that's another factor. Yeah, I mean, I'm not advocating for the list I'm making. All I'm saying is that like, if they're really going for the best four, and I'm saying, well, Georgia's going to be favored on a neutral field against any of these teams, yet they're out. I understand why they're out, but I'm just saying, like, the whole reason why Alabama was in is because the committee thinks they're better than Florida State. I think everybody thinks they're better than Florida State. That makes sense. But then there's other teams that are out, too, that I think would beat a lot of these teams. But... Like I said, I know I feel like I'm repeating myself. That the top three teams won their conference and you know have the resume to get in, deservingly so. But yet at the same time, like Georgia could be in. I think Ohio State has a case as well. I, I really do. Um, and I'm not gonna you know list out a perfect four, but I just think like the system's broken. And luckily, we're going to 12 next year. But uh, I feel terrible for FSU because they did everything they could. I know Will said, oh, they should have won by more points. But I think you win your conference, you go 13-0. and 0. I feel like there's... From you, just an objective you, standpoint, yeah, you, gotta you get actually in. cannot do more. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, you can score more against Louisville, but just from an outside, like, objective perspective, you actually cannot do any right. more and than going 13-0. power and conference. I mean, again, you have five conferences for four spots. It's, not, it's never really going to yeah. work out all that well. And, you know, in years past, we've had... Conferences have multiple bits. Michigan, Ohio State, both got in last year, right? SEC's had a so yeah, and and I think another thing I, people don't want to talk about this. I think ESPN and they they want to get these games to have good ratings, and Florida State wasn't going to do that. Given I mean, people are going to tune in, don't get me wrong, but an Alabama Michigan game, I mean, come on, that's gonna that's gonna do yeah. numbers, right? I would. I, I, I think that did play a small factor. 
I, I, I do think. I would agree with, with that. And I want to go something that each of you said. Um, you know, you talked about Michigan's reaction bridge. And mm. I think that that definitely is kind of um, just proving the committee's point, like you said. Um, and it, it's, it's, it is unfortunate for FSU. I did feel bad at, at the start because here's the thing. Alabama at this point is better. You could tell by Michigan's reaction. They they don't want to play Alabama. We'll talk about that matchup mm-hmm. a little bit later. But life's not fair, right? Sometimes it's not because we could we could say, you know, professional teams especially, player goes down in the playoffs. There's no rule that says, "Hey, we're going to wait for the we're going if LeBron James goes down in the NBA finals at the end of this year, the NBA is not going to say, "Hey, you know <laughs> what? We're going to wait 6 months so that LeBron heals up and then they're gonna play. They, they might do that. The Boston Celtics. <laughs> I could see them doing that. They're also <laughs> no, not they're gonna. Not. They're not gonna exclude the Lakers from the playoffs because yeah. of that. Well, it's, I mean, that, that's, it's not, obviously it's not way apples different to apples. Because, yeah, it's because, because of the spaces. Yeah, but, like, not... but like one thing that I saw that was interesting is like, is like it was, it was obviously another. It's not. It's not apples to apples. But they were saying, what if, what if in 2017 when Carson Wentz oh, yeah, tore his ACL, this. if they had been like, all right, it's gonna be a waste of a spot to have the Eagles go into the playoffs with their backup quarterback. The Eagles would have never gotten a Super Bowl, and I would probably be even more miserable than I already am. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where this is going to get debated for the rest of time with yeah. no conclusion ever reached, other than the fact that this is what it was and this is what the committee said it was. But that, that's the beauty. That's the beautiful thing about sports because Florida State will forever have this that they said that they can say the yeah. the committee screwed us over and. And you know, if we had gotten in somehow, we would we would have beat Michigan. We would have we would have went to the national championship. We would have won it, even if they get smoked by Georgia. They could still say that. But so many teams could say that, right? You could be Ohio State, and but, although but the thing is, the case, Ohio State say, lost. Yeah, well, I, and didn't I, play I think Florida State more like to Michigan. The, the undefeated thing is is what's unprecedented. Is what I'm saying. Is what Merrick was saying too. Like, and that's the thing about the Big Ten that also is is brutal. Is Ohio State completely missed out on a, an, a, a total extra game that everybody else played, so divisions. that immediately yeah. takes them out of the playoffs. That won't be the case next year. They're getting yeah. rid of divisions, yeah. so now yeah. if they're the top two teams, they'll play each other two weeks in yeah. a row, right? So, but also, I mean, uh, this is more a comment generally for fans, and I just mentioned this to you, Bridge, before mm-hmm. we rec- we started recording. Yeah, as soon as Texas was number three. I think that definitely shifted the odds that Alabama was going to be four. And the reason being is because if the committee really did value the fact that Florida State is an undefeated Power 5 champion, to me, if if they valued that so much, they would have put Florida State in at three. Texas going in at three shows, to me at least, that that's not, their, uh, that's not the, the, the top factor that they look at. And they're looking for some other things right now. And to me... Texas and Alabama are so close in terms of, like, to me at least, where they should be in these rankings. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that really separated them, obviously, was that Texas win over Alabama. And mm-hmm. honestly, without that win, Alabama would be higher than Texas. So those two teams are so close. And to me, as soon as Texas went in as number three, I was like, the committee does not value that 13-0 and Power 5 champion statistic that uh, Florida State has. So I had a pretty good feeling that it was going to be Alabama at four. Yeah, if Texas didn't have that win, like let's say, let's pretend the game didn't even happen. Instead of the, instead of playing Alabama, they played a team from like the MAC and they smoked them, right? But they still go twelve and one. They lose to Oklahoma, but they win their conference. I think Texas doesn't even get in. I think if we're the, being honest, I think either Georgia or Florida State's number four. Then. And I think Alabama, right? Their only loss was to Texas. Let's say they lose to another team of Texas's caliber, right? Similar top ten team. So they have that loss. And that other team, let's say they they get like three losses, so they're like like in Oklahoma, right? So they're not, they're not going to get in or two losses. 
basically my point is that I think that that without that win, without that Texas over Alabama, even if their resumes are similar because they are, right? One loss team, both losses are to a you know a good team. I think Texas is out, and I think it's like Michigan, Washington, Bama, and I think Georgia stays in it for honestly. Uh, or Florida State. Or Florida State maybe has a better case at that point. Who knows? I mean, we can debate this uh, forever. And I think the last point I want to make, and then we're going to preview our conference, not conference championships, the college football playoff, and then we'll wrap things up. I think Florida State, definitely such a unique scenario because of all of the injury and everything. And we saw how Michigan reacted to playing Alabama. I think they would have reacted the same way if they were playing Georgia or Ohio State or Oregon all these other teams that were on the outside looking in. I think any of those teams would have been a much tougher draw than Florida State at this point in the season. And I think that means that in the end, the committee did make the right choice with regard to choosing the best teams. So anyways, that that great conversation. Um, so let's move on. We have – you guys want to start with the Georgia-Florida State yeah, game? I do like that. Makes you want to start with that? Okay. Let's start, let's start with that. We'll move on to Texas-Washington. We'll finish with the big game everybody's talking about, yeah. michigan Alabama. All right, so Georgia – Got the six seed, Florida State, the five seed. They're going to play at the Orange Bowl um, on Saturday, December 30th. Again, this this isn't the college football playoff, but it is the next best thing. Georgia is a 14-point favorite. Uh, the Orange Bowl, I'm pretty sure that is Miami, even though it's not. Yeah, it, yep. it's, it's, it's a hard rock, so I guess it's not technically the Orange Bowl, but it's still called the Orange Bowl. But uh, I guess that gives Florida State a slight. I know Florida State's up in the panhandle, but. Maybe their fans will travel more, although Georgia's right there too. So I guess that doesn't really factor into it. Georgia's a 14-point favorite. I think they they will win by more than that. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, I think I think going into this game, probably prior to the Jordan Travis injury, if you'd showed me this game, that at that time I would pick Georgia, and I'm gonna obviously stay with Georgia. Right. Although. I'm going to be rooting really hard for Florida. Oh, me too. Oh, because if Florida great State story. wins, yeah. they're the national champions. Mm-hmm. They're the national. They can claim a title, right? I mean, yeah. For the rest of time, they're the 2023 national champions. 2024, yep. whatever, whatever it ends up being. Mm-hmm. I think it's 2024 technically, but yep. they will be the national champions. So I'm rooting hard for Florida State, but I, I just don't see a world. I think Michigan was better. Or, or Georgia, Michigan. I think Georgia was better when they were both fully healthy. I think they're better now. I think they have the better offense, the better defense. I think they're going to win. Yeah. For me, I I'm actually rooting for Georgia because I just want Florida State to shut up. At this You're point. just a hater on wow. Florida State. You don't like a good underdog story. It's not that I don't like a good underdog story. I just get annoyed when the team goes out and starts crying on social media. I get annoyed when people start doing that. I mean, if I went undefeated and didn't yeah, get in, I mean, I'd, I'd be crying on social media. They have more reason than most. I mean, like Michigan State, Michigan was crying after Harbaugh got suspended when yeah. they when they did all that all that stuff, and like that was actually somewhat warranted. Like like. Florida State just won every game. Like that's what they're upset about is that they won every game. Like if if it was excluded. Georgia crying on social media, I think everyone would be like, "Well, you should have beat Alabama." Yeah, but Alabama. to Florida State, oh, you should have won your games you by more points, and game. your quarterback like, shouldn't have gotten injured. Something's out of your control. I mean, obviously, winning is winning by certain, but you know, injuries happen. But they took care of business. They still went undefeated. I will say, however, I I think that like I think everyone at this table. I know that Georgia's going to cream Florida State in this game. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm a little bit upset because I know that that day I'm coming back from a family trip, so I probably won't be able to see this game. But I do really want to see this game. I think FSU's defense is good enough that Georgia's not going to run up the score like insane. But I think that it's still going to be like a really, really big win. I mean, if you look at the the past two games that these teams had which we, we kind of brushed upon earlier listen 
Florida State was two for sixteen on third downs. Like you're, that is not going to fly against this Georgia team, you know who, who you know they had some crucial penalties against Alabama, but you know you saw especially late in the game they really turned up right. The, the, their second quarter was a weak quarter. They didn't score at all, which you know credit to Alabama's defense. They only scored three in the third quarter, seven in the first quarter, but yeah. at at the fourth quarter it seemed like they figured things out right. And this Alabama team is still really good, so. I don't think Florida State is going to be able to survive. And let's be honest, Florida Georgia is still a dynasty. Like we don't like. Yes, they lost to Alabama, but like they they had a tougher schedule to me than Florida State. They they've just had the better track record lately. Lately, excuse me. And despite some of their injuries, I know Brock Bowers has been hurt. You know, and then some of their receivers have been hurt. But you know, Georgia has a great O line. Like to me, I'm just going to throw a score prediction out there. I think it's Georgia's thirty. Florida State six at the end. Yeah, I mean, this was the number one team in the country uh, a week ago. Let's not let's not forget that, right? I mean, Georgia has been the number one team in the country for for two years straight. Um, so it's it's weird to see them fall to six. We know why. I think they'll win it handily. I think it'll be forty. I don't know, forty five to ten, something like that. I mean, I think it might be a little close first half, but yeah, yeah not it's much really else battle to battle the defenses though. To me, I mean, Georgia's number one nationally in third down defense. So, oh yeah, they're gonna you know. they're gonna make it hell for Florida yeah. State. Florida yeah, State. I mean, I mean, Florida State scored one touchdown against Louisville. What makes you think they're even gonna score one touchdown against Georgia with the way that uh, their mm-hmm. their third string quarterback at this point is playing? Like, I I think the backup's gonna be back for this game supposedly, or or he would have been if they had made the playoffs. Right. But I think even still. They're gonna George's gonna feast. I think they're the better team. I, I think it's probably gonna be around somewhere like what Will was saying in the thirty-five to to nine six range. I, I don't think Florida State's gonna score a touchdown. If I'm being honest, um, but yeah, I think it's not really gonna be too much of an entertaining game. Maybe maybe for a little bit. Well, uh, maybe. F- Florida State scores the first points with the field goal, and yeah. everybody's like, "Wait a minute, or like what a if, defensive what if they touchdown or something like and that." Yeah, it's just gonna all fall apart from there. But yeah, I think I. I don't think it's going to be a particularly close game. I'm rooting for Florida State, uh, but I don't think it's going to work out for them. Yeah, I'll be rooting for Florida State, too. I think both teams have a lot to prove, right? Georgia, hey, we're, we were the number one team. We're, we still are. And then Florida State, we should have gotten in. So definitely going to be tuning into that. And now we have the college football playoff. This is New Year's Day. Monday, the first, of course, the first game is Michigan-Alabama. But we're going to start with the Texas-Washington game, which is scheduled right now for 8.45 p.m. But basically... <sighs> Whenever the Michigan-Alabama game ends, this next game will come on. Washington, the two-seed. Texas, the three-seed. Uh, they're calling it the All-State Sugar Dome or Sugar Bowl, played at the Superdome in New Orleans. Um, in terms of the line, Texas is a four-point favorite. Um, I mean, I could see this one going either way. I'm leaning Texas, but before I get into too much detail, I guess I guess quick predictions from you guys. They're gonna continue to disrespect the dogs. The dogs minus four or plus four mm. underdogs. ESPN's giving them thirty-one percent chance of winning this game. They continue to disrespect the Huskies, regardless of the fact that they have the number two Heisman vote getter. They have two receivers who are gonna be NFL studs one day, and they have just an offense that doesn't quit. Obviously, Texas has a great offense as well with Ewers and and Worthy and all those guys. So it's going to be an offensive battle. I I I I don't think this is going to be a particularly low scoring game based on the based on the way these two offenses oh, operate, high, high high powered with with a lot of passing. So I'll, sign me up for that. There's there's really no better football game than a high powered passing offensive game. But mm. but give me the dogs. Quit disrespecting the dogs. Okay, 
To Going me, with Washington. It, it, this is tough. It's it's definitely a toss-up. Both teams are inconsistent. I think Washington is a little more inconsistent, right? We've seen, you know, they win every game, but it, it's never pretty. It's literally never pretty. You know, even in the Oregon game, it was like they had they got outscored 14-0 in the third quarter. It was 21 straight points they gave up. But they did, they did start 10, start off 10-zip, right? They were 10-15 for 15 on third down. So it's like this kind of – they're they're good in some ways. They're bad in some others. And it's just like – it's just like a complete toss-up. To me, it's about which version of each team shows up. Because, right, Texas did lose to Alabama. I think, you know, Dylan Johnson is going to be Texas huge for Washington. Alabama. Wait, what did I say? You said they lost. I said, uh, oh no, I meant Oklahoma. I I yeah, and I know what you meant. Sorry, I just want to. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. My, my bad. I meant Oklahoma. Yeah, no, I, you're good. Don't worry about it. I think Dylan Johnson is huge for um, Washington coming into this game. He had 615 of his 961 regular season yards over the last five games. So, mm. you know, he's going to need to show up. I think at, at both teams' best, if they're able to bring their best, I think Washington is the better team. To me, what like it's a game where. If I'm using my head, I think Texas wins. If I'm using my heart, I think Washington wins. And, like, I don't know why. Like, again, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting on Texas. I just think the, the odds are more in their favor. But something, I don't know if it's the dream. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But even though Washington has, hasn't won a game by more than 10 since playing Cal on September 23rd, I think somehow, some way, they're going to find a way, way to win this game. And I'll throw out a score prediction again for this one. Okay. I'm going to go Washington 37, Texas 31. My thing about Washington is, like, they might not, like, like you were saying, they're inconsistent. Like, they, they win some close games. Like, they may not, like, win convincingly in every game. But the thing is, they don't lose. They, that, yeah. That's the thing. That's the way I'll put it. They don't like lose. Like, they may play a, a bad game. Even, 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 uh, like, against USC, I know they, had, they struggled a lot in that yes. game. Yeah. But they just find a way to not even just to win, they find a way to not lose. They just always find a way to not lose these games, and I think that's a skill, especially, I mean, you look back at some, we're going to the NFL, but the Patriots teams back in the day, like, they might not have blown out every game, but they find a way to not lose. They find a way to win. They're not going to lose the game, I'll Mm -hmm. tell you that much. Unless they're playing the Giants. And I think that's valuable. (laughs) I think that's really valuable. Uh Yeah, I, you know, the storylines in this game are so interesting. You have two teams that are going to be leaving their respective conferences next year, Washington going to the Big Ten, Texas going to the SEC. So this is kind of their last their last hurrah for the Big 12 and the Pac-12 um, for those schools. And then I'll, I also look at the potential matchups. You could get a Texas-Alabama rematch for the championship. You could get Texas-Michigan, two very storied programs. You get Alabama-Washington. I mean, what a fun matchup. that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, How many I think times have any, they ever played? Right, but any of these matchups for the championship are so enticing, whereas last year, like, once it got to TCU, Georgia, and the chip, I don't know how many people really were that excited to see that game, and we know how it turned out. TCU had a great win against Michigan, but I think everyone was sort of rooting, hey, Michigan, Georgia, that'd be a cool little rematch from the year before. But I'll digress. In terms of this game, uh, I'm going to disrespect the Huskies. I- I'm sorry. I think they're very, very good. I'm not saying they're going to get blown out. I think it's going to be Texas by a field goal. Texas will not cover this four-point spread. Something about Texas and just – they haven't really been. I don't think they've been to the since 2014. They haven't been to the college football playoff, which is which is funny because everyone thinks Texas like oh very very good, right? They have the Longhorn Network and all this, you know, nonsense that they do. I think Texas wins this. I think it's 34 to 31. Wow. All right. I'll give my score. I didn't give. Oh a yeah, score. go ahead. Um, I think it's gonna be really high high paced, high scoring. Like I said, I'm feeling I'm uh, feeling 42 to 35. Put the horns down. Let's go, dogs. Okay. All right. 
One more game to preview. We are running out of time, so let's make our predictions quick. It's Michigan. It's Alabama. It's at the Rose Bowl. Michigan minus one and a half. It's basically a toss-up. What do you guys got? I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair line. I think this game really is a toss-up. I think a lot of people are riding very high off of the Alabama win over Georgia, as they should, most mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Huge win. But people are quick to forget how good of a win Ohio State is for Michigan mm-hmm. and how Michigan has been steamrolling through their schedule with their defense. Their defense has been so good this year. I mean, they've handled if everyone. At, if you look at their early season, I know they, I know they really didn't play anyone good, but but they were winning all those games like fifty nine nothing, like fifty eight ten, like like this yeah. Michigan defense is for real. I think Alabama is really hot. I don't think this is the team that Michigan wanted to play. I don't think this is the team anyone wanted to play. No. But I do think that Michigan has more credit than than they're being given. I, I know they didn't really play a ton of highly competitive opponents this year, but when they did, they got the job done. They beat. Penn State on the road by nine, and they Ohio beat, State. Of they course. beat Ohio State. Yeah, it, it was close, but but I mean, then you get those are games without without Harbaugh. I might add. Yeah, might, I might add. Not not that, that makes much of a difference in, with did, a program but, like that. But yeah. but I think I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Still go. Mich- very impressive. I'm gonna go Michigan for the defense. I, I think Alabama's hot right now, and I think that that definitely plays a role. But I think Michigan's defense is really good. I think their offense is is dynamic. They have a good run game. Um, JJ McCarthy's been 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 good for them this year. I think it's going to come down to the defense, and I think Michigan's defense is just really good. Everyone always talks about the Michigan defense. No one talks about the Alabama oh the Alabama defense, defense is great. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, all these teams are going to have insane defenses. Listen, to hold Georgia scoreless in a quarter is has insanity. that happened this season? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's like unheard of, right? And to hold them to seven and three in two of the other three quarters. Like who has done that? Um, and going back to you know again the 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 video of Michigan's reaction. Yep. Like some people say it's because Michigan fell bad for FSU. That's BS. They did not want to play Alabama, and everybody knows that. To me, Michigan is not as battle tested as Alabama, and I think Alabama has a little bit of a better offense. I think that's why so key for Michigan is going to be Blake Corum and JJ McCarthy because we know the defense is going to show up. But how good is Blake Corum? How good is J.J. McCarthy going to be? I think this is going to be a super close game. And actually, I, I don't know if you guys are like looking into like the betting lines and things like that mm. into, in a lot of detail, but the Crimson Tide started at plus 120 to win the game straight up. Um, now they're even money with Michigan okay. being negative 120. Uh, the spread opened at 2.5 points in Michigan's favor and is now – down to 1.5 points. So yeah. shows you how many people a lot of are money on Alabama, Bama. basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, apparently, I think Alabama bet MGM said that winning Al- Alabama winning outright is the most popular playoff bet, and the second most popular bet is Alabama with the spread. Yep. So this is really just like the other game with toss up. I'm gonna say this game goes to overtime. Oh, oh, oh I like that. I like that. I, I think wait. the game is tied at 27 at the end of regulation. And I think the final score to end the game, get this, it's going to go from 27-27, and I think Alabama goes over 35-34. to oh, So they, one of them, they go for two. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I'll, I'll give a score prediction. Um, I don't think it's going to be crazy high scoring, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be very low, low scoring. I feel like these playoff games end up being more high scoring than, than the regular season is. I, I don't know whether what the factors are that leads to that, but I'm going to go – I'm going to go – Let's go Michigan 35. We'll go Alabama 
30. Yeah. This is such a tough pick for me as well. Um, we talked about Michigan. Clearly didn't want to play Alabama, but I guess when you're comparing that to Florida State, any other team is yeah. really going to be the nightmare. I, I think say people hype that scenario. clip up too much because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel, quick sidebar, I feel terrible that they had the cameras in uh, Florida State. Yeah. Like, that's brutal. But I mean, like, I guess at the same time, like, they kind of yeah, have to because Florida State doesn't know any better, you know? Like, they haven't, yeah. no, nobody knows what's going to happen. So they, they're with the impression they're going to get in. I'm going to go with uh, Michigan here. I think they've been more polished uh, all year round or all year long, that is. Um, I think J.J. McCarthy, you got to rely on his legs. Really good playmaker. Uh, you talked about Blake Corum. I also have Donovan Edwards. I got a two headed monster in that backfield. Um, I think Jalen Milrow is still pretty inexperienced. Look, he just beat Georgia. It's great. He's a great quarterback. I just think that Michigan, they've been to the college football playoff the past two years, but they haven't gotten over the hump. I think that this this is going to be the time that they do finally make it. They're going to beat Bama. I actually think like when we make our picks, it's always like, oh, it's a three point game. Like it could be that, but I'm going to make a bolder prediction. I think I'm not going to say they blow them out, but I'll say. Michigan 28, Alabama 17. Like they pull away late, but that that's going to be the score I go with. And that does set up a Michigan and uh, either Washington or Texas. So many different matchups we can preview. We'll probably be right back here in about a month or so to preview those final matchups. But, guys, any any final remarks to make? As I mean, what a weekend of college football. My last remark is uh, just a quick question to go around the table. Okay. Forget about what we think is going to happen who do we want to see in the finals? I would personally love. Well, I, I would love to see Washington in because I've been I've been high on Washington all year. If you've if you've gone back and watched some of the old episodes of Gridiron, I, I've been I've been a big Michael Penix and Washington guy, probably because my roommates kind of poisoned my brain as a <laughs> Seattle person. So so I got that. Um, but I I think I want to see Washington play Michigan. I mean I, I think I want to see what what I predicted. I think. Two of my, my roommate, my my best friend from high school goes to Michigan. I feel like that that's a perfect scenario for me. Mm-hmm. Either way, I get to talk trash to someone and hype someone up in the end. So <laughs> it'll be a good time about. no matter what. Um, I'm going to do Michigan, Texas, or Al- Alabama, Texas would be cool for the rematch. But I think Michigan, Texas will be such just a cool matchup of two story programs. I got a buddy who goes to Michigan as well, so he always gets so into it. So just be fun to kind of get that trash talk and get all those different storylines going. I think this might be Michigan's year. I know they've been close, but I'm going to say the matchup I want to see, Michigan-Texas. For me, I just want to see an Alabama-Texas rematch. I think that would just be so cool. And to me, it's, like I said earlier, I I, I have a harder time picking the winner of Texas-Washington than I do Michigan-Alabama. I do think, I think Alabama, honestly, is going to end up entering the game as a favorite in terms of betting lines. But I don't know. It's just like I want Texas to win, and I think they're going to win. Just like using my head, but just something intuition wise, like that dream man. Something <laughs> something tells me that Washington's gonna find a way. Yeah. All right. Well, we could talk college football all day long, but that'll just about do it for our show today. Producing behind the glass, Joe Henry, his first time producing. Shout out to him. Great job today. The sports director at WFUV. That's Bobby Chafferdini. For Will Jing, Merrick Rhodes. I'm Bridge Gotham saying so long. Enjoy your Christmas break. Uh, enjoy your college football. We got Army Navy tomorrow. We didn't even talk about it. I'd go with the under there. <laughs> college Gridiron is a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>